This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. What is today? Tuesday. I was a little uncertain myself. Thursday yeah. games screw me all up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. weird week again. But yeah. All good. All good. Beautiful uh, day out there. Yeah, beautiful day. Uh, just to uh, go over the uh, day's news and notes, uh, Mike Tomlin held his uh, press conference earlier today, said that, uh, well, they'll take a good long look at Broderick Jones again this week at right tackle. Okay. Um, good. Said that Chooks uh, for uh, whatever it was that he said on the sideline during that Jaguars game played a significant role. Role in uh, him not being uh, the starter at right tackle against the Titans. It must have been really bad. Because it must have been really bad. I, I can't to do even that imagine. on a short week. Right. Put put Broderick Jones put a left at, tackle, right tackle too. Yeah, where right. he hadn't played before. It must have been significant. It must have been. I mean, all but that that's aside, way out of character for Chukchukor for. By the way, I don't think he has any kind of history or you know no. reputation or anything like that. All that aside, I just know Jones has to stay on the field. Yeah, I mean, I don't care how it happens. He needs to be one of the starting five offensive linemen for the for the rest of the season, in my opinion. I mean, I think he's turning into a really good player. And the one thing, like Tomlin was asked uh, later in the press conference, you know, if, if uh, Dan Moore, who they've also played some at right tackle mm-hmm. in practice, uh, is he a better left? Is he a better left tackle than he is a right tackle? And, and Tomlin said significantly so. Okay. Okay. So, so don't move him. I'm fine with that. I, I mean, I, I I was very shocked when the news came out. What Sunday morning, Thursday, Thursday morning. What well, makes Thursday, sense Thursday, to right. like if you had an injury there, you wouldn't move two guys to to replace one. Yeah, I thought they would though. Like if on a, two weeks ago, if Chooks would have got hurt, I thought Moore would have gone to right, Jones would have went to left. But apparently not. I was just wrong about that. You know, I mean, just and. The reason I thought that was at camp, we saw Moore line up at right tackle a little, and we didn't yeah. see Jones do it at all. I mean, so he's young. He can learn. Go be the right tackle. He also said something interesting about the decision for Joey Porter Jr. to follow DeAndre Hopkins in the game. Mm-hmm. And he said Joey came and asked about it, which was, he said, I, I, liked, I like that aggressiveness. I sure, like that sure. you know, belief in yourself. He said, but it made sense for us because when Tennessee – runs the football, they usually run away from Hopkins. Also, when they oh. run screens, they also run screens to the opposite side of Hopkins. I know Hopkins isn't exactly known as a great practice player, blocker. He wants to catch football. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know that, though, but that's interesting. I mean, Yeah, so it played in, that played in, he said, you know, we knew that, that Joey wasn't going to be asked to tackle a lot. Mm-hmm. Basically is what he's saying. Right, without saying it, right. We, we want our cover guy covering, and so that made more sense. So, I don't know if we've talked about this, but... The knock on Porter, I mean, besides youth and inexperience, and that's just a question, that's not a knock, he's not a very good tackler. Like, okay, maybe that's true. But at Penn State, no one ever threw at him. Right. I mean, he had one game, like the first game of the season, where he had like eight targets or whatever. He was like play- 14. It was for what, yeah. yeah, against Purdue. Okay, yes, yes. You remember better than I do, obviously. And then the rest of the year, like no one threw at him. And then – Preseason he played, is he a bad tackler or not? I I haven't seen I, – I don't know for sure that that's true. I don't know that that's his strength. I'm sure it is not. <laughs> I mean, his size and his speed and his cover skills are his strength. And his his tackling technique could use a little work too. I mean, it, but I don't know that, boy, this guy's never going to tackle. Yeah, no, I don't, yeah. I don't know that either. Uh, said that uh, Mike Tomlin also said today uh, they'll see about Montrevious Adams. Uh, he'll – 
have an opportunity perhaps to practice this week. Mm-hmm. Um, probably won't practice early in the week. He also said that they're like, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, they're going to see where that Good. goes this week as well. Interesting. So. That's great. Any Fryermuth discussion? No. I think he's got one more week. You sure? I think so. I think he missed the first game and then they put him on. Okay. I can't. I'm, I'm not 100% on that either, I guess. Um, I love how Adams is playing. I mean, I think he's a valuable dude, but you could stick Fahoko in there and probably be just fine. You, you know, right? Keanu Benton, too. Well, yeah. I mean, the guys, I was thinking about. Um, Watts and Fahoko, who were inactive. Yeah, you know that you could step one of those. It would guys probably up end up be being fine. Watts just because yeah. he does more. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the better player. Yeah, um, and, and against this Green Bay team, they they just rushed for over 180 yards last week against the Rams. They did. I'm sure that's going to be their goal. I mean, they they became all of a sudden this time. Well, I guess it was one week ago. I mean, their head coach Lafleur was talking about. We got to get Aaron Jones has to be the foundation. And we're getting them revved up, and they did. I mean, to their credit, they actually said what they did, what they were going to say. I'm sure, considering the struggles in the passing game and love, Jones is going to get a lot of touches again. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah, it was a season high in touches. That's that's on the horizon again. Yeah. So that was pretty much it from the Tomlin press conference. Okay. He did talk about the the George Pickens stuff. We haven't really touched on that because I don't really care. I don't really either, and to be apparently honest. Apparently, neither does Mike Tomlin. Okay. <laughs> what I do know is Coach Tomlin has a pretty good history of dealing with talented, disgruntled wideouts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if somebody's going to handle the situation, he might be my first round bat- draft pick to handle such a thing. You know, so there go be so be it. You know, yeah. And George is George is frustrated. I can understand that. George too, is but, angry. Okay. You know, George is getting right. angry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I'm sitting around last night uh, watching the game. I got bored because, well, it was a not a great game, kind of boring game. Yeah, and so I started looking at some of the stuff on uh, ESPN in terms of the uh, analytics stuff that they have, Mm -hmm. and the um, blocking. Yeah, 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 yeah. The pass rush stuff and blocking stuff. I got to find it again here, but okay, um, their stats aren't always easy to. They're not. It's um, not as bad as NFL.com, but they're. Yeah, it's not I'll, always... I'll find it here. But what what struck me was was I'm I'm looking at their what was it double teams stats. Yeah, 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 yeah. The stats on their double teams, and they you know, I don't I don't I'm not quite sure what they consider a double team after looking at this. Yeah, you texted me, and I've been thinking about it too. Like. I mean, I, from what I've seen, the the normal names are at the top, the Miles Garrett yeah, their, and stuff. It's in their 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 pass rush slash run stop blocking win rates. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's an O line thing. It's a D line thing. You so know. I'm looking here at their double team. Uh, where's that? Edge guys because they, they break guys, it into yeah. D tackles and you know basically defensive ends. So they have they have it here. Team win rate. Uh, they got all kinds of stuff in here, and I'm, I'm looking at the individual stuff with double teams. And they had T.J. Watt being double teamed 15% of the time this season. Yeah. They had uh, Alex Highsmith being double teamed 16% of the time this season. I'm like, that doesn't match, doesn't pass the sniff that test doesn't match up with what I've seen on the field. I watch every game intently and rewatch it, and I don't think that's true. And so the nature of you, – you brought that up, and I'm like, that's a good question. Because not to put words in your mouth, but it seemed like the nature of your text was – are you, quote, doubled if a tight end chips you and then a running back chips you and then I don't the think right they're counting that. I don't think they're counting that. Way. Right. 
So when they talk about uh, when they talk about this, I think they're using just offensive linemen. See, but that'd be so hard for edge guys. Like, how often does no matter who you are off the edge, does a guard and tackle get the, to you? Because you're never on the inside shoulder of the tackle. I, I think in some cases, maybe with the Steelers, without Cam Hayward, mm-hmm. you have some situations where the the tackle's kicking out and the and the guard is kicking out as well to double team Highsmith. I again, I, I'm I'm just guessing yeah. on this. I'm real curious. You have it up. So who's like? What percent? I don't even care who, but who's the the highest percentage of edge guys? Well, who do you think? I mean, I know it's Garrett. It's Miles Garrett. But what percentage is it? Uh, I'm trying to find it here. The, the, because I say if Watts only at like 16 and 17 for the Steelers guys, if Garrett's at 20 and that leads the league, that's still too low. He's getting more attention than that every snap. It, it's too. way higher than that. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. way higher. Than that. Okay, yeah, so that's the, one of the stats that the Cleveland people always throw out there. Well, yeah, yeah, he, he gets, gets more double teams than anybody else. You can't tell me that T.J. Watt has only been double-teamed 15% of his pass rushes this year. It's just not true. It, it's just not true. Right, right. In and fact, most of the time, he's triple-teamed. If if you define a double-team as T.J. touches somebody in the other color jersey that's not a quarterback. Oh, here, here it is. It okay. should be at, like, 70. Um, Where's it at here? Interior team win. That's team. Double t- uh, blah, 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 blah. That's run stuff. They, why do they make this so hard? Why do they <laughs> offensive tackle? But I mean, even to your point, Highsmith okay. versus Watt isn't the same. So Miles, my, uh, Micah Parsons is at twenty nine percent. Miles Garrett's at thirty one percent. I still think those numbers are low for them. Right. I mean, but oh. then I'm looking here at Watt at fifteen percent and um sixteen percent. For Alex Highsmith, but those don't pass the eye test either. No, no, that's what I say. That that's why I was curious who the leaders are. I don't even care who it is. But just think of Steelers versus Browns. No way did seven out of ten dropbacks did the Steelers leave Chooks or Dan Moore totally on an island with right. Garrett. Never. Right. I mean, they maybe did it twice throughout the game on a dropback, on a design dropback. You're doubling that dude. I in gotta some believe way, that form. they're only counting. O-line. When it's two offensive linemen on double teaming. See, I was wondering too. Maybe it doesn't count if you end up going out on a route. Kelsey, or that, tight end, uh, yeah. So the tight end chips down on the smashes on him, into him, and then and goes then out on a route. Doesn't stick with it. Maybe that that almost has to not be the because what that happens to what every, every single play, and then he gets the tackle, and then he has the running back behind him, mm-hmm. or the or the the guard will come out and chip as well. Yeah. But even so, like if that is the definition, rarely does the snap end with Watt eighty-five percent of the time one-on-one with a tackle. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I yeah. don't, I, mean, I don't you understand know what I mean. it. Right? Yeah. I don't understand it. Because I don't know how they define it. It's not it. what I've seen on the field. Not I, at all. A lot of times when the Steelers are on defense, I will just focus on T.J. Watt and watch what he's sure, doing. Sure. Like, it's usually a good place to get to the ball. Yeah. And it's just fun to see his path. Like, he had to yeah. do this one, and then he had a plan for this guy, and then he ran over a back. And, you know, yeah, right. He's it taking a step to the outside, then he's going back inside, mm-hmm. and, the, and the, the, you know, he's getting hit from the side by the by the by you know the tight end or the receivers chipping down on yeah. him. And then he's rolling to the inside, and, and the, the running back is picking him up as well as he tries to beat the— and then half the time that they, you know this tackle's got him around the neck. Yeah, yeah, and there's even like big slot receivers to his side a lot now too yeah. that aren't just going directly in their route. 
So that that numbers don't match up, of course, for the two Steelers. I mean, Highsmith versus Watt. Watt is definitely higher. I mean, it's, but it's but it's not on here. But it's not it, on there. It, it's sixteen percent for Highsmith and fifteen percent for Watt, which doesn't pass. I'm not. I'm not saying neither one of them ever get doubled. I know Highsmith gets doubled at times as well too, but he's not getting I know doubled one is more than the other. He's not getting doubled more than Watt. No, like I have not watched every Miles Garrett snap, but I've watched every Highsmith and Watt snap. Right, and I know Watts is higher. Right, and therefore that That's chart the doesn't make, it makes sense. sense. To me. It's <laughs> right, the only right, way it right, makes right, sense right, is right. if they're considering it two offensive linemen, which for a guy like Garrett or Parsons would make a little more sense because they don't necessarily come from the same place all the time. Yeah, I guess that would make more sense. I mean, Parsons doesn't come off the second level like he used to, but he does stunt a lot. Yeah, Garrett, which would lead to double lot. teams. They would they would lead to double teams, but that's like one of the only ways. An edge could have two true O linemen on them, unless that's what they're considering here. There's more yeah. the stunning stuff, and in, in, in which case they don't consider if you get a chip and then a second chip, they don't consider that being double teamed. They can't because there's no way Garrett is only at thirty, and there's no way Watts there's only no at seventeen. There's no possible way. Fifteen percent. Fifteen. Okay. Fifteen percent. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely not true. It's at least fifty. So that has to be it, because like, how many people roughly are between Garrett and Watt? Oh 15, God, twenty something yeah. like that. I mean, the only guy on this, the only people on this list lower than Watt in terms of double teams, are Boye Mafe, and who's just emerging as a pass rusher, mm-hmm. and Chase Young, who's basically done nothing the last three years. Like, mm-hmm. you're telling me that Josh Sweat with the Eagles gets more double teams than T.J. Watt? Yeah, it doesn't. That add doesn't up add up. You're telling me that uh, Okoronkwo, no way that or Okoronkwo, however you say yeah, his name from, from Cleveland, he's being double teamed at 26 percent of the time. How do you, how do you have two in the top five or whatever? I have no idea. Does nobody block the detail? Apparently nobody. Yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody blocks anybody else but those guys. That must be more of a scheme thing than anything. Like I think Garrett takes more snaps. On the inside, and Alcawankro does too. Then what? I'm it has looking, to be him lining up. In the I'm same just looking spot here to see time. if there's any any situations where we've got multiple guys from the same team at plus twenty percent. Uh, see Dallas, Cleveland, Seattle. I said Carolina. Is there two Cowboys? Is Lawrence on there? Uh, he's not. No. Okay. There's I mean, two it, Eagles. It, like Sweat is Sweat's sixteen percent of the time. Hassan Reddick is eighteen percent of the time. Okay. Which is more in line with what Watt and, yeah. and Highsmith. It's still more. So and did Hassan Reddick lead the team? Lead there's the two, okay, so there's two Houston guys on here. Will Anderson's getting double teamed 23% of the time. Jonathan Greener's getting double teamed 22% of the time. Okay. I, it must be more scheme and alignment than anything. But then I'm also, I can look here at the defensive tackles. Sheldon Rankins with <laughs> Sheldon Rankins with Houston's being double teamed 63% of the time. They're double teaming three dudes. Three dudes. <laughs> three dudes. Like the oh, interior and, guys. And Malik Collins is on here sixty-one percent of the time. Four dudes. They're double. So they're nobody even eight goes blockers. Yeah, like, no one even goes out on routes against the Texans. <laughs> the one-man route concept. I just wonder it, again: is this much? Is this like pro yeah, football? Not, is this like, like pro football focus that that somebody's sitting in? You know, it's a different person for each team, and therefore you get different. Definitions of what? For Garrett, that they're, they're, uh, is there anybody from Cleveland on here? No, I don't see any defensive tackles. There better not be if they're <laughs> if they're two ends are at the top of the list too. 
Like, we all know Miles Garrett gets a lot of attention. Of course, he's phenomenal. But how can multiple people do that? I mean, it just doesn't add up. Yeah, it, does, it I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I know. I do like their win rate stuff. But now I'm sitting here going, do I trust that? If this is how they come up with these stats? So Javon Hargrave is being double-teamed 60% of the time. He's a nose tackle. He should be. I would think it's even higher. I would think it's yeah. You're double. You're not leaving this nose tackle, right? Like what's Chris Jones or Donald? Or like the Chris best- Jones. Chris Jones leads the league, and uh, no, he's not. He doesn't lead the league. He's at seventy-one percent. Grady Jarrett is at seventy-five percent of the time. Okay, I mean he's but clearly he's a, he's their a best true one. Nose, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a true nose. Of See those numbers add up. Yeah, but there's no way. Again. We saw Browns were Steelers. The Steelers did not leave Miles Garrett one on one seven out of ten times. So Eric Armstead with San Francisco double teamed sixty percent of the time, mm. and Bosa is is double teamed twenty seven percent of the time. Okay, I mean Armstead's listed as an end, but he's like two ninety and goes inside yeah. a lot more. But and again, how do you define it? I mean, just if someone. Gives you one of these, you know, quick hand and then doesn't stick with you, or yeah. I, I just it just struck me. I was as I was looking at that, like, this is, it doesn't add up that these guys are getting double teamed. Some of these guys aren't getting double teamed as much. They can't possibly be getting double teamed as much as they're saying, but others. Well, all I, the I, ends are too low. Yeah, all the ends. I mean, you could convince me Garrett's getting doubled more than what? Maybe, maybe five guys out there are. Maybe. I mean, I'll I'll be open to that suggestion. But knowing what we know about the Steelers. Not, no, Highsmith's not. <laughs> Highsmith's not. He's just not. I mean, just like a, a coverage or a defense, you roll protections to the most dangerous guy, like, and it's always what? Max Crosby's at 23%. Now, he, if Ma- he should be first. If Max Crosby's only been double-teamed 23% of the time, right. NFL coaches are re- don't know what they're Insane. doing. Insane, right? He should be number one. <laughs> he should be. Tri- you can triple team right, him every right. game. And Donald, Donald should be <laughs> yeah. number one too, because there's nothing else around him. Is that's where we're going with this? I mean, Donald's an interior guy, and I trust their interior numbers more than those edge. Well, ones. it's much easier to double team an interior guy. Yeah, too. It's a garden center. Or like all the guys garden. who are high on this list, and on, you know, Quinton Williams is at seventy percent. Well, yeah, okay, it's I get easy it. to yeah, get yeah, two yeah. hands or four hands on him. Yeah, exactly. Or he's trying to split the B gap so the tackle and guard both pinch in on him. You know. Yeah, I mean, Vita Vea is at sixty-eight percent. Well, of course he is. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's a nose tackle. Yeah, the edge ones don't make any sense at all. Yeah, and they're, it, they're all too low. And even even saying, well, Miles, Miles Garrett kicks inside sometimes. Okay, so th- four four plays a game, no, he kicks inside. Not many, yeah. It's not enough to get to make it thirty one percent. No, he's not being doubled twice as much as T.J. Watt. It's not like I Armstead. I refuse to believe that. No, and, and uh, he's not being double teamed three out of ten snaps. He's way higher than that. Maybe three out of ten, he's not being double teamed. Right. Of some I think sort. they're. I think they're, I, I don't know. I, I mean, just and and I would define him if if a back chip even just chips and goes out. That's two that, guys. That's two guys <laughs> that they've assigned to one. Right. How many guys did they assign? To it one? should be a hundred damn percent. It should be like yeah. <laughs> it's going to be way closer to a hundred than fifteen. I know it is for what. It definitely is. It's 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 got to be ninety plus percent of the time for what that he does not just have a clean one on one. Him versus right Nobody tackle. does that. It never, ever happens. Even if the, you know the route concept is it comes out in 2.1 seconds. Yeah. They still don't. My point being with this whole exercise, mm-hmm. when the because the Browns fans love the trumpet, well, you know, Miles Garrett's getting these sacks, and he's, he's double-teamed more than anybody else in the league. No, he's not. Well, he might be. 
I don't know. I I don't trust that. No, I was say. And and he's B, as good a candidate as anybody to be. A, he's to be not the, the because all these interior defensive linemen are. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, I mean, it, I mean, I don't think the point's who's better, Garrett or Watt. I think the point is, but that's this one of the thing, That's one of the things that that, that the <laughs> Cleveland fans used oh, know, to, right. to. Oh, he gets doubled more than Watt. No, I he, don't know that you can. I. It's not true. Right. It's Watch simply not game. true. Looking at these numbers, there's no way that these numbers are right. There's no way. None. I mean, unless they define it in a dumb way that it has to be an offensive lineman. The only time T.J. Watt is not doubled on a pass play mm-hmm. is if it's, all right, we'll just get, get it and throw. Get it and, you know, a yeah, wide yeah. receiver screen maybe. Mm-hmm. That would right, be right. about it. Oh, yeah, catch and throw. Yeah, 100%. So does it add up? That it would be if the, if the definition is two offensive linemen, could we get to seventeen percent or fifteen percent? I suppose maybe you know yeah. you're fan heavy and he tries to beat the, the tackle to the inside, and, and that's the when the guard gets a hand on him. Out. Yeah, that has to be the way it's defined. It has to be, and that makes no sense. That means like <laughs> tackles and like tight ends and running backs don't matter. There's only five. There's only five blockers. Right, right, right. So that, I mean that really just says the running back and tight ends that. Spend all day trying to get this guy blocked. Have no value and on if, the planet. If whatsoever. I bring my my blocking tight end in and I always put him on the right side and he doesn't go out on the pass pattern, he's in fact basically an extra offensive lineman to yeah, block TJ. Right, 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 right. And you bring in Mercedes Lewis, who runs like us <laughs> and might be older than us, and all he does is block. What's the difference? None. I mean, frankly, even if it's Kelsey, I mean, if it's the best tight end in the league or McCaffrey, and they put a hand on Watt. Or Garrett or whoever, that's a double. That's a double. Right. That's How a many team. people on offense did you dedicate to getting this guy blocked? Yeah. Because often it would be three for a lot of these guys. Oh yeah. I mean, you're not leaving. I mean, again, if you left Max Crosby one on one, according to this, seventy-seven percent of the time, you should be shame on fired. you. You, you should, should be not be an fired. offensive coordinator. No, in the right, NFL. right, right, right. Why on earth would you ever do that? <laughs> they got nobody else. They got nobody else. <laughs> right. I mean, he gets double. I bet he's number one. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if Garrett's number yeah. one, but Crosby See, should be number Here's where one. it makes more – so Jadavian Clowney's on this list at 27%. Because he goes inside Because he's inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has his, to be that. He's a bull rush guy. He doesn't win with speed off the edge. The dudes that are speed rushers that win to the outside shoulder of the tackle more often than not are going to be low. Yeah. Which makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, like – you said Reddick was like at seventeen or eighteen. He's at eighteen percent. Like nobody ever double teams Hassan Reddick when because he's. I'm trying to think of his style of rusher. I mean, he's a real he's a speed, speed ball, ball off the edge. Right, he runs a four four, but he led the league in sacks last year. Yeah, you think they're just going to double team him eighteen percent of the time? Just <laughs> <laughs> Brian Burns is at seventeen percent. Another guy. I mean, why would a, you? Why would you not double team Brian Burns? He's all they got. Yeah. Well, that adds up. I mean, then. It it means to me it's a dumb metric and needs reevaluated. There's your there's your key, Steeler fans. So when when Browns fans come at you on Twitter, yeah, tell them it's a BS argument because they only count offensive linemen. Because Watt versus Garrett, Garrett's obviously the bigger human being. Right, he's probably got thirty pounds on Watt. Well, the bigger guys are going to be higher on this list. It's yeah. Armstead versus Bosa, right? You know, to some degree. You know, I mean, they're they're going to be the guys that come through the B gaps and A gaps more. I mean, Samson Ebicon is at eighteen percent. Do we really think that yeah. that he's being double teamed more than TJ? More Watt? than what, right? Or Burns <laughs> or other high? Or, you're right. 
Bryce Huff is at 16%, the same amount as T.J. Watt. See, that's kind of interesting because Bryce Huff is the ultimate one-trick pony. He's like 220 pounds. Right. Like, he is not going to bull rush a guard ever. But he's super efficient coming off the edge, and he's a specialist. He's a closer. He's Dibble. Yeah. He's Eckersley. So they all know he's coming. He must get a ton of running back and tight end chips because all he does is rush. Yeah. I mean, you know, and but he never would against two offensive linemen because Ever. he's thick. Because he's not right. going to the inside. Yeah, because he's speed. Yeah. You know? All right. So there's your argument, folks. Yikes. Throw that out there the next time you see that uh, ridiculous uh, double team rate. Yeah. Uh, like, frankly, Browns fans, if you come with that, I would answer with – but he's only being doubled thirty percent of the time. Yeah, why isn't he? Why isn't he getting way more sacks? And then I would assume Browns fans would be like, "Well, that he's getting doubled more than 30 I've watched every snap of Miles Garrett. Okay, well, you're one hundred percent right. <laughs> he is, <laughs> as is everybody on that list. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to get to a break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Steeler fans, you can gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or visit online at shop.steelers.com. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. And, Matt, we did some uh, yeah. DVOA stuff yesterday from uh, FTN Fantasy. And I uh, wanted to look at their updated playoff odds since mm, we are okay. at the midway point okay. of the season today. Uh, so, halfway through the season, the AFC North breaks down like said uh, like this okay, okay. you got the this Ravens con- I don't <laughs> I, I don't envy their I know it's just a formula but I don't envy trying to decipher this stuff I mean can Not you right imagine now. especially in the AFC yeah. wow uh so you got the the Ravens at 7 and 2 then you've got the Steelers Browns and Bengals all at 5 and 3 mm-hmm. so according to this what's this go through please the who, chances to win the division off the off the bat here chances to win the division uh, for each team. So Baltimore leads the way at 76.2%. Okay. Um, again, this isn't their opinion. This is just a formula. This is what, yeah. I think that's high. I think it is too, considering yeah. they only got a, they only have a two game lead right. on everybody else. I mean, I think they're, I think they obviously should be the leader in the clubhouse, but if I could get three to one odds on the field versus Baltimore, I'm betting the field. Yeah. Uh, you've got Cincinnati at 7.4%. Okay. I would take the over on them. Cleveland at 8.4%. Okay. So I guess there's only like 25% to divvy up between the three teams. And the Steelers at 8%. So according to this- They're like this, all exactly the same almost, right? Yeah. According to this, the Steelers have a better chance. That adds up to 100% because yeah, so, well, somebody know, yeah. has to win it. The Steelers have a better chance as we sit here today mm-hmm. to win a division than the Bengals. Yeah. And I don't agree with that. The Bengals' schedule is harder. I don't think that—so uh, they think that the Browns, according to their metrics and everything that mm-hmm. they were on their computer, have a better chance than either Cincinnati or, or Pittsburgh mm-hmm. to win the division. I'm sure— To overtake the, the Ravens. My hunch is 
They all have the same record. So upcoming schedule is probably going to weigh heavier than just about anything. I assume it has something to do with how well you're playing lately. I mean, because the Bengals' body of work doesn't accurately depict what they are right now. Right. And really no team does, but they're like the best example in the league of that. And I mean, I guess I get that, but I would bet on the Browns, everyone but the Ravens at those odds. Yeah. Like, like if you, if it was 50-50, if a dollar paid a dollar and you got the Ravens or the field, where would you go? I think I'd take the Ravens. But Probably, if it pays yeah. three to one, then I'll take, I'll the, take field. the field. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Especially considering what's happened to the Ravens the last two years. Well, true. Absolutely. Like, there was an instant a situation in Sunday's game. Lamar ran with the ball, uh, stepped up in the pocket, and went to take off. It was a short yardage thing, and got tw- got the ankle twisted under him mm-hmm. and came up limping. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah, right, right, right. Eh, you know, no, we're just seeing quarterbacks drop all over the league. This too. is the problem when your quarterback runs like that. Yeah, it puts you in more harm's way, of yeah. course. And, and unfortunately, all four of those teams, the chances of all four of those teams having their current starting quarterback go from now until the end is very unlikely. Well, the Browns have already well, I mean, not done so. I, I get it. I'm just saying, like, from here on out, chances are those four dudes are not going to start every game. So looking at the – actually, Cleveland's at, it's Cleveland that's at 7.4%. Their lowest? Yeah. They would be lowest In for Cincinnati's me too, but... at eight. I, I messed that up there because okay. but... I had to scroll over. I couldn't see yeah, gotcha. the Who's entire who? screen. Okay. So that makes a little I like more Cincy. sense to me. I think Cincy's a better chance to win it than the Browns or Steelers, for that matter. Yeah, and I think the Steelers are a better chance to win it than the Browns do. I do, too. I do, too. And that will change considerably because Baltimore plays Cleveland this week in Baltimore. Mm, that'll be a huge one. A huge one. What would you be rooting for in that situation? If you're, if for, As a Steeler fan, what do you want to happen there? Do you want Cleveland to lose and Baltimore to win again? Or do you want so, ba- you want Baltimore to lose so that you can perhaps get a, cl- a game closer? I guess you have to look at it this way: is is the the division win attainable for the Steelers on November seventh? I think it still is. Yeah. So I think you root against the King. You know, whoever's yeah, whoever's in first point, right now. Yeah, I mean, if you think there's still a chance, like if it's a month from now and you're like, we're still two games back, and I don't have as much time to get there, blah blah blah. Then I think you want your competition to fall off, you know, to, to leave town. Yeah, but at this point, I think you want the division leader to lose. Okay, you 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 on board with that? I think so. It, it, the big re, the big thing is is that Baltimore is two and one in the division, mm-hmm. and they've played all three of their road games. They True. won in Cleveland. They won in Cincinnati. They lost in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's a nice feather in their cap. Is they or, four or you could look at it this way. You want Baltimore to keep winning, and then maybe that Week 17 game doesn't mean anything. <laughs> mm, that's possible, Because the Steelers play there in Week 17. Yeah. If anyone in the division is resting starters at the end of the year, it'll be Baltimore. Right. There's no way the Steelers or Browns are getting to the point where we're like, ah, we don't need this one. No, you know, right. Like, I mean, yeah. that's not going to happen to the AFC. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Right. And where since he's at... Considering Cincinnati certainly has a couple more losses ahead of them. Yeah. Well, they all do. And they've already got three conference losses. They already have. They've already dug a little bit of a hole. Yeah. Yeah. So, but if, like, the Bengals and Browns were playing, I would want the Browns to win. I think they're, uh, yeah, because the Bengals are the 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 better team. Yeah, right, right, right. I hear you. Okay. So, what are the Steelers' chances of going to the playoffs? 54%. 
Pretty strong. Pretty strong. Not as so. Here's where it gets funky. Like if they were in the NFC, I better be like seventy. The Steelers' chances to win the division are higher than Cleveland's. Mm-hmm. But Cleveland's chances to make the playoffs are at sixty-two point two percent, whereas the Steelers are at fifty-four percent. And the Steelers beat them head to head. And the Steelers have a head-to-head win against them. Does that matter? And the Steelers have the easier schedule moving forward. Yeah. So I should know this, but if the Browns and Steelers end with the same record, and say a third team in the AFC does for the final wild card, you break spot, the first, you break the tie between the two teams, or be, you break the first tie if you can with head-to-head, head-to-head if, if you can eliminate that way. That's why right I now, so, but the Steelers are in the one. they're in the five spot. Or they okay. were they were over Buffalo, going into Sunday's game. The, mm-hmm. the three teams were tied, but Buffalo lo- or Cleveland got lost the tiebreaker because they had lost a head-to-head game to the Steelers, so they got eliminated. Mm-hmm. Then it okay. came down to, to Buffalo or Pittsburgh. Division record doesn't matter for wild card. No, that that's that where conference head-to-head and conference and then are conference. The big, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But what if there's three teams tied and two of them played and two didn't? You still eliminate somebody. Okay, so if it's Brown Steelers, or better question would be like, say it's Jags Steelers, somebody you only going to play once. Well, then you got a head to head, and Jags beat them, so the yeah. Steelers will be on the short end. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay, That's why that the Jacksonville victory or loss, while damaging for your AFC and your overall AFC record, they're going to win the AFC South. You're not going to get gonna into a wild card for, situation yeah. against them, right? Unless Houston gets crazy, which I don't think they can. I don't think they can get to Jacksonville. So yeah, or you lose the head to head. The Houston lost. So, actually, the Houston loss hurts you more than the Jacksonville loss. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Because I think Houston has a chance at the playoffs still. So, anyway, so looking at the, uh, if you want to look at that, Houston right now has a 23.7% chance. Their mean wins for the season, because they also do this. Mm-hmm. So And it, that changes every week. Yeah. So, the mean wins right now is Baltimore getting to 12.6 wins. Which is huge. It's a big number. Because, like, if Aaron Schatz was sitting here right now, he'd be like, he, he wouldn't call it a flaw. But their meme win stuff, almost it, it basically never has a fourteen and three team, a fifteen and two team. Right. They're all real too too close to the middle. But if you look at it through that lens, you see still this. You're still number one. You're still number thirty two. Whatever. Right, right. But we all know. I bet Baltimore is the highest meme wins of anyone in the league. Twelve point six. I can look. And at. I bet that somebody ends up with more than twelve or thirteen wins this year. Detroit's at <laughs> Detroit's at twelve point one. Yeah. Philadelphia is at twelve point seven, but they've only got one loss right now. Yeah. Okay. So again, nobody's pr- projected even to be a thirteen win team. That's Kansas City. Kansas City's at twelve point six as well. Okay. So. And I bet. I mean, I'll bet everything I own. Somebody's gonna win thirteen games this year. Yeah. Philly has one loss. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. Uh. So then you got Cincinnati at ten point two. Okay. Cleveland at 10.1 and then Pittsburgh at 9.7. Which is doesn't seem like a gap, but it's a pretty decent gap when you realize that there's not going to be a 14-1 on there and a 2 on there, you know. Just looking at the rest of the AFC here, Miami's at 11. Seems high, but okay. Buffalo's at 9.8, so slightly ahead of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. The Jets are at 7.9, which is there's no way that's happening. I don't think so. Uh, no. And then New England's at five point three. There's no way that's happening. It's really low too, right? <laughs> I mean, they got two right now. They have two. Right? They have to win three more games this year, and that doesn't look like it's going to happen. They have a tough schedule too. I don't know if they win another division game. Uh, Jacksonville's at eleven point three. Houston's at eight point two. 
Indianapolis is at 7.9. Tennessee's at 7.4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Kansas City's at 12.6. And the chance of Tennessee getting to 7.4 is low, too. Yeah. But they're the one of the lowest ones on here. Uh, the Chargers are at 8.9. This okay. is after last night. After last night, yeah. Vegas is at 6.9. Maybe. They've got three now. Yeah, yeah, maybe. they got three or four. Uh, and then Denver's at 6.4. Okay. No, I mean, those numbers aren't crazy to me. I don't know that the Steelers would be should be last in their division, but I also don't know what... A 9.7 would put you as the second best team. Let's, let's look at the NFC situation here. So in the NFC East, you got Philadelphia at 12.7, Dallas at 10.7, mm-hmm. Washington at 7, the Giants at 4. <laughs> 4. 4. That's got to be the lowest. Okay. NFC North, you got Detroit at 12.1, Minnesota at 8.1, Green Bay at 7.3, Chicago at 4.9. So, so far, there's only three NFC teams ahead of the Steelers. Yeah. New Orleans is at 10.1. They have the easiest schedule remaining. They're at 5-4 and four right now. They would have to go 5-3 and three in the second half to get the— And they're not very good. They're not, they're not that good. Atlanta is at 7.9. I'm surprised the discrepancy is that big between those two. Yeah. Tampa Bay is at 6.9. Remember, they started 3-0. and oh. Yeah. They've lost five in yeah, a row yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, Remember when people early in the season, well, oh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah. they might be good. Baker's all right. They're yeah. not. No, they're not. Uh, Carolina's at 3.8. That's the lowest. That's below That's the, the lowest Giants, as far, yeah. But we haven't gotten to the NFC West right, yet. Right, right. Uh, San Francisco's at 11. Okay. Seattle's at 9.3. Okay. The Rams are at 6.1. They're 3 and 6 right now. Mm-hmm. 6.1. And then Arizona's 3.7. So that is the lowest. That's the lowest. Yeah. But now Kyler comes back. Maybe. I guess that's not set in stone. They, uh, Jonathan Gannon, kind of, he said, he, hotter on he, said if he, he said if he looks okay this week in yeah. practice. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that the jury's not 100% on that. So from what I recall, the Steelers would have been sixth highest in the NFC. Maybe seven. I think it was seven. Seven. Yeah. It was six. six. No, six. Dallas, Philly, Detroit, Saints, which was shocked to me. Yeah. And right. San Fran, yeah. Seattle. So they would have been the seventh highest win total. The Saints' schedule is really crazy easy. Yeah. As it is right now, they have the eighth highest win total in the AFC. Yeah. Yeah. But they have... 0.1 behind Buffalo. But they still have over a 50% chance to go to the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. I guess this depends who you win and where you get those wins. Right. That's a, that's a huge part. part. As, they, as we sit here now, they're in, they're in the five spot. They've been in the five spot now like the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Like they've, they've, You better beat the Colts. You got to beat the Colts. Yeah, like you got to you got to right. win this game against Green Bay. You got to beat the Colts. You got to beat the Patriots at home. You have got to beat. Um, well, Patriots and Colts really shows up. You got to beat Arizona. Like Arizona and Green Bay are games you should win, and of course you got to win those. But they don't kill you as much as you got to beat the Patriots and Colts. Yeah, the Patriots and Colts are super important. And then you steal one somewhere else, and you're ten. Steal one in the division or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So side note: this is mostly unrelated. In my Green Bay work. So far, in terms of EPA, which balances with DVOA almost identically, is the Green Bay, as bad as they've been, they've played the second easiest schedule in the league. Yeah. (laughs) And that doesn't even account for, like, Stafford not playing last week. Yeah. I mean, just in terms of the teams they've played, second easiest. That's why they got three wins right now. Yeah, Because they played. And they have this unbelievable luck of teams missing field goals against them. 
Yeah, six. Six already. Six field goals. Yeah, missed. the twenty-two. Six We've seen one gone. field goal missed in a Steeler game. In a Steeler game, right? So they're not very good. And that was from sixty-one yards <laughs> <laughs> after a stupid penalty. Anyways, we're going to get to another break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Let's go play some ball. Always talking black and gold football on SNR. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson. And Matt, uh, just some uh, news and notes here from around the league. Uh, Carson Wentz finally has a home. Yeah, I've been making fun of him the last couple weeks. Like, how bad must he be or how bad a teammate must well, he he's be? Not Bre- he's not worse than Brett Rippey. I think that was the, the bottom line. Who started last week against the Packers and was awful. Yeah. Uh, he is uh, Wentz is now signed to be the backup with the Rams. Um, they're on a bye this week, so they get some time mm-hmm. to get yeah. him into the, the fold here and um, I don't know if Stafford's yeah. played or not after the bye. I mean, I would assume. I mean, I he was questionable he was. this yeah. week. I would think he's good enough to go in two yeah. weeks. But they want a better. Like that was not even tells you what they thought of the Packers. Like we weren't even competitive. That's in that what game I was about to say. Rippy and against that team, that's a team we should beat. Yeah, I bet McVay looked at that game like we just were inept against a bad football team. I can't roll out with that guy again. I'll I'll take door number two yeah. with at least a talented dude. I mean, he's had Baker Mayfield last year and got stuff out of him. You know, I yeah. mean, you know, talented former early picks. Yeah. So uh, Carson Wentz has a home. I wonder if if that had anything to do too with they looked at it and go, "We got to sign this guy before somebody else does." I couldn't believe that he has they lasted this long. I, Unless people kept calling him, he's like, ah, "I don't want to be a giant. I don't want to be a car." Or he wanted or more money than they were willing to pay. Maybe or, right. whatever. Or maybe but, there's an injury we don't know about. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I thought he should have been employed long ago. Uh, no surprise here, but the uh, Titans have named Will Levis their starter. Yeah. Tannehill's yeah. uh, going to be the backup now. I had a slight concern that Rabel wouldn't do that, but it's clearly the right move. Yeah, they had to. Yeah. Quick thing I want to throw out to you real quick. Why? The trade deadline's come and gone. Yes. It's way too early for me. You know, like, a lot of those teams at the trade deadline don't know if they're a contender or not. You know, like... The Giants can't even go trade for Jameis Winston right now. You know, and the season's only half, we're right at the halfway point. I think that should be later. It used to be earlier than this. I know. I used know. to be after six weeks. Right, right. Um, I don't I don't have a problem with it. I mean. Trades are fun. They're, they're, they might be fun, but it's no fun league. And it's, what, it's what they do. I mean, it's been, it, it took forever to get it changed from week six to week I know. ten. I, I mean, I lobbied for a way back then. Week nine, so, I, remember, I should yeah. say. Um, I, I don't know that it's going to get pushed back any farther. I don't know that coaches like trades. Oh, I don't think they do necessarily. To be honest with you, they don't want to grab somebody. I gotta, and yeah, I got to put this guy on a moving and, train, and right. that means that, that means my I, we trade for a wide receiver. So my wide receiver coach has to spend all week long working with that dude to get him ready to play. Exactly, they're there at midnight or whatever, yeah. trying to get him ready. No, I hear you. I don't think they do. I just don't think teams know if they're contenders or not at the deadline. I think they know. Mm. I mean, all these quarterback injuries, it might help the situation. God, if you're the Saints sitting there on Winston, like, someone offered me a fourth-round pick at the trade deadline. I said, no, now you get a third out of them, you know? But I don't know that I want to do that if I think I'm a contender. I don't want to trade away my good, my, my backup quarterback. Well, maybe he's because, the wrong example. Because I've seen, I've seen what happens. I, 
Mason Rudolph has to be sitting at home. Going, <laughs> no, that's why I threw his name hell? out. Right. I'm better than DeVito. He's and, better than, than a lot of the dudes have been playing. A lot of these guys have been D-bag playing. D-Bag and DeVito and these guys, right. Like, I could be at least helping a team right now. It, yeah. It's unbelievable to and me. I'm sure that, there's others in the same boat. But he was but, a free yeah. agent in the offseason. Nobody signed him. Yeah. Because yeah, they yeah. all had their guys. Exactly. You know? Uh, no, I hear you. I, hey, it's 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 a great job. I, I I just don't know that. I mean, again, I, it's easy if not you're to the get if you're the Saints, you, you don't want to trade away Jameis Winston. Maybe he's not the best because they example. don't have they don't have anybody else on the roster. Right, it'd be Taysom Hill or when somebody. people were They'd saying be in the you know, same boat as these guys starting. To oh yeah, you, I mean, yeah. if you think you're a legitimate team, you're not trading away your backup quarterback. Right, maybe they're a bad example because they're still in it. But Andy Dalton, I don't know if they want to trade him away. He'd listen now, though. Would they? Because he's serving as a, as your mentor. If for I can, your, yeah. for your rookie quarterback. I'm just saying, backup you, quarterbacks a serious position. It is. It is. Maybe Rudolph's the best example. Maybe nobody would offer you anything for him at the deadline, and now someone would offer you a sixth or a fifth. You know, and maybe that's, that's but small potatoes, but at the same time, I, I just you know, if your starter then goes down for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. now you're left with. You know, some you're left with Danny DeVito as your as your backup quarterback, yeah, and that's not a good situation. But like Dobbs is a good example of moving around, or I don't know. I just think that position is, you know, oh, I, I think it's very important, extremely important. Yeah, yeah. And to to just punt on it, you know, look at the Bengals. Like mm-hmm. they ran Joe Burrow out there all all preseason because they don't have a backup. No, so quarterback. They don't have a backup. I, just as a fan, I don't want to see DeVito. I don't want to see these guys. I don't what's either. A, what's a easier way to make that more feasible? And maybe the trade deadline being later. I would, just don't know yeah. anybody's going to give up a, a backup, a viable backup quarterback for a sixth round pick. Yeah, it's maybe just, it's a fourth or something. Yeah, you know, it's just to me, eh, guy. Eh. Not only that, but you know, teams don't want quarterbacks necessarily going out of their building, particularly to a team in your conference. No, certainly. Because they know they. Or, yeah. I mean, they, that's like giving them the keys to the car too. Mm-hmm. Like the Cardinals may not have cared with 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 Josh Dobbs because they're not in it this year. Yeah. But how many other teams are willing to say, "Oh, okay, we'll give you Mason Rudolph." Mason Rudolph's been in your system for six years now. Yeah. You no, want, I definitely think there's you want him going to, to some pick a team. Justin Herbert goes down. He goes to the Chargers. Yeah. You end up playing the Chargers in the playoffs. That's not good. Either way, I mean, even if you don't play the team. You're crazy as an organization to bring in an established quarterback and don't get every trade secret from the other building you possibly Absolutely. can. You're you know, picking right. his brain constantly. Well, yeah, here's yeah. what we call it. Here's how we did this. You know, it's, that's just the way it goes. Look, what we we trade this at practice. I mean, you might be able to even change your practices or right. you know, little things. Because there's no player things. on the team that knows as much about the ins and outs, both offensively and defensively. Oh, right, right, right. As your quarterback. Right. And you even play similar guys. You know, like. Okay, you trade Mason Rudolph to the Chargers. The Chargers in the first round get the Ravens. Well, this is what we did against the Ravens. Yeah. It might not be even a Steeler thing. I mean, it's this is how we – they have a great corner blitz that they tell way too much from, you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, anyways, we're going to get to another cool. break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with Hour 2 right after this. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR. 